I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. I float like a butterfly and zoom like a bee. (laughs) I may not have a tramp stamp, but I've been a hoe in every area code. (laughs) Okay, that was very good. So mazel to you. Um, I have so much to say. I'm so excited. Guys, it's Andy's Girls episode 154, which feels like a joke, and yet here we are. And I am so excited to be joined by none other than Chris Rouser, the editorial director of Bloomberg Pursuits, which is the luxury department of Bloomberg News. So the perfect <laughs> person to deep dive all things New York. Luxury. And a real housewife historian whose work I have been following for many, many years, which is amazing since we're both 22. And yet here we are. Shocking. (laughs) Miracle of time. (laughs) So, Chris Rouser, how are you? Welcome to the People's People's Quarantine, Kiki, Couch, (laughs) Situation, Turtle Time, etc. Thank you. It's so good to be here. I've been thinking forward to this. Um, How Uh, are you doing? Where are you recording from next door? Directly outside my window. I am. Yeah, I'm from your stoop. Um, (laughs) I'm recording from my apartment in Brooklyn and I'm using um, the voice memos uh, tool on your iPhone and it tells you it it like geolocates where you are. So it thinks that I am broadcasting from Bolivian Llama Party, which is a a restaurant, a restaurant across the street, but also sounds like something Luann did like in the mid 2000s. It 100 percent sounds like whatever the owners of Sushi Rocks uh, have invested in since that beloved yeah. historic institution, unfortunately, surprisingly closed. Yeah. Um, so how long have you been quarantining? A year, three, seven, seven um, eternities? 
Yes. Uh, 40 years in the desert. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, I started a little early cause I got a little sick. I, um, I went to the last performance of six on Broadway, like the last night Broadway was open. Oh, wow. Um, and it was, was that like the preview j- before the opening night. Yeah. Cause it was supposed okay. to open the yeah. next night. Right, right, right. And it was right kind of when all this was starting and it was jammed to the rafters. Like everybody, if one person mm. had COVID in that audience, we all did. And that <laughs> night I went home and I actually at dinner, I felt really weird and I left dinner. So we started sort of, my husband and I started quarantining early. So I've been at this a little more than a month. Wow. Did you lose your sense of taste or smell or franchise or anything? What what happened? You stopped watching New Jersey directly after and that's how we know you were positive. Um, uh, You know, I did, we, we, so we have a lot of scented candles in our house because I cover luxury and we get sent a lot of things to test them. And my husband hates them so much. We have like a one in one out policy. Mm. So we started trying to like burn them to kind of go through them. And one, my, one day my husband was like, I love the smell of this candle. I was like, this doesn't smell like anything. And then only like a week later were they like, losing your sense of smell is, uh, you know, is a symptom. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, Do you so think you I, had it? I think I might have. I, wow. because Also because I like had mouth kissed hello, a friend of mine, like an actor friend of mine who okay, turned great. out to have it. And I'm like, okay, we gays need to rethink how we say hello to each other. Yeah. Um, but I think that's probably what happened. <laughs> so maybe, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm safe. Who knows? But we've been doing this a long time. 21 days later, after you like licked the side of his cheek for 45 minutes, you started thinking, you know what? I don't feel great. I don't yeah. know why. What, how long have you been doing it? How long have you been hungering Over down? a month. I'm an event producer. Yeah. And I remember I had a meeting with a designer and people were like shaking hands. And that's when mm-hmm. I said, cool, I need to stay home from now on. And so... <laughs> yeah. So I started being from home the next day, but I'm unfortunately in that group of people who has an underlying condition, so okay. I can't go outside. So I am stuck in my palatial Upper East Side mansion. Oh, yeah. Sonia's next door, <laughs> uh, what's it called? Carport, shall we call it. Yeah. Only wishes that it was at the level of luxury that I am currently in. So okay. that's been that's been a real joy, because I see people who are like, my God, this quarantine is so terrible. Oh, I'm just taking this like six mile walk. I don't know what to do with myself. Look at the nature. It's a gorgeous uh-huh. day. All, every New Yorker should know this by now. <laughs> and I am fascinated. And it's a hard thing. You probably sh- may share this as well. It's a hard thing to describe to people who don't live in New York City because it's not like we have a yard. Like we all live vertically. Mm-hmm. So we live, yeah. we're living directly inside of the virus, but also yes. above and below it. So like me going into my laundry room in the building, I've done twice so far. And both times I'm like, okay, I guess this is like going to Nam. Like I literally yeah. feel like I'm walking into a war zone. I have my Clorox wipes. I'm just like opening the six doors that it takes to put some fucking clothing in the washer. Um, my I find that people, sorry, you go. No, no. Well, my roommate told me uh, recently she was going to do laundry and a woman was like, how are you doing? How are you doing? This is before we knew that like the virus can go 
45 feet and if you live yeah. down the block from someone you're probably going to catch it from them but yeah. she was the woman was like oh i you know and i'm working in the hospital in the icu and my roommate told me this and i was like oh my god that poor woman like feeling for her and then it didn't click until a full 20 seconds later that like we're sharing the washer and dryer yeah yeah are directly on the front lines and god yeah. bless them i say <laughs> but i also think that like lennox hill should pay for them to get pickup dry cleaning or something yeah. i think that would be great sorry that what seems, were you gonna say yeah no that seems very wild. reasonable i was it's gonna wild. say i feel like there was a moment where it went from like you seeing people and people kind of like smiling and being like oh we're yeah. all in this together to like when we were supposed to start wearing masks then it became like not only do you have to stay away from, like six feet away from people you have to like make a mean face at them kind yes. of yes like there's a, like a real grumple still skin kind of vibe to it um, and I'm like, no, we can still, we can still be nice. We don't have to, we don't have to make each other can uncomfortable. We? we don't have to wear our anxiety on the outside. Just keep it on the inside. Is this my one opportunity to be a twat though? 24 seven. I feel like it's a role I've been destined to play. And if there's something good that can come out of this, maybe it's <laughs> well, just okay. me being like, listen, I wouldn't be a dick to you customer service person over the phone, but I don't know. It's just our body's <laughs> reflex to dealing with this terrible time. We did a thing where we were like, oh, God, we should clean the apartment. It's full of junk. So we, like, cleaned out all our closet. We Marie condoed. We did everything. We, like, oh. thanked things for their service. And then we made a bunch of big bags to take to Goodwill. But, of course, Goodwill is not fucking open. And, you know, there's something about, like, humans or, like, yuppies that, like, you don't feel good throwing away clothes. Mm -hmm. Like, like in books. Like, it feels like yeah. you should give the books to the Strand. You should take your clothes to, the, to Goodwill. You can't throw them out. So now we have, like, a fucking pile of garbage bags in the middle of our apartment. That was, like, an effort to make ourselves feel, like, more zen and more clean. And now it just feels like we're Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. No, it's rough, tough stuff here. I've heard from a lot of Andy's Girls listeners who've gotten in touch and been like, how are you? Like, you're in the worst possible <laughs> area to be in the world. How are you doing? I'm so scared for you. And my thing is, like, we're so fortunate to be safe. That's the number one thing, I think. Like, I'm inside. I'm keeping myself safe and keeping everybody safe. I'm very fortunate that I'm not in a dangerous environment, like personally, my personal life or anything else, um, aside from this fun little virus. So <laughs> like just staying inside, I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm inside, I'm safe, I'm riding the wave and we're just gonna see. And my favorite part of the night is every night at seven o'clock when we all scream for four minutes and then go back yes. to ignoring each other. It's wonderful. It's I unironically building. love that. My, when you're outside the city and you look in, people are like, oh my God, this is virus central. And you're like, well, first of all, it's not in my apartment. Like, Hopefully. My apartment, yeah. It's as boring as it always was. But my dad lives in rural Maine. And like, he saw our block on the cover of the New York Post one day because we have a hospital at the end of the block. And he was like, I'm going to put on a mask. I'm going to put on a diaper. I'm going to drive eight straight hours from Maine. I'm going to come get you. And I'm going to mm -hmm. drive straight back. And I was like, oh, no, Boomer, you were doing no such thing. <laughs> My birthday was a couple weeks ago. Thank you so much. As was yours. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Um, and I talked to my dad right before, and he was like, yeah, I was thinking we would come and surprise you. My parents live in Rhode Island. And I said, <laughs> that is so sweet. If you come to surprise, he's like, we can go get lunch and like sit on a stool or a bench or whatever. And I was like, Richard Galley, if you fucking drive here, I'm going to murder you. You should be a, you, sh you don't, no worries about Corona. You should deal with your fucking kid being like, I'm going to smack you upside the head 40 you're, times. You're going to do like what Samantha did when she lived in the meatpacking district. He's going to show up at your door and you're going to throw one, dump a bucket of hot water. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure he'll respond ju respond just as lovingly as uh, those ladies did uh, on the block. Um, so what are you doing for self-care escapism? Have you found 
your Bravo viewing has ticked up or God forbid you're reading a book? I mean, what are you doing? How are you escaping? It's a good question. We've been eating, uh, we've been cooking a lot and eat, getting fat. I've gained 13 pounds. I've gained uh, 75. You're fine. You're <laughs> I said to somebody online the other day, I was like, if you haven't gained 20 pounds yet, you're not trying hard enough. Like, for yeah. real. Like, that's, we need a goal set, okay? We're tough New Yorkers. Yeah. We achieve our goals. We've been catching up on show. Like, we're pretty bad at, at like, um, prestige TV. So we haven't really watched, um, like, the good stuff you're supposed to watch. In fact, until recently, maybe until last year, we didn't realize we could afford HBO. Like, I was, as a, like, a like a middle-class kid in the suburbs, I was mm-hmm. so taught that HBO is for rich people. Yes. But only when I was 38 was I like, oh, wait a minute. It's, like, $10 a month. I should actually <laughs> <get this." laughs> So I caught up on Game of Thrones. We're now watching Succession, which is... Oh. Uh, Good, Everything. but a little hard to watch. Yeah. Um, oh, because it's like rich people doing things or? Because it's like, yeah, no, it's just a little bit like this family is part of like what's ruin- ruining America right now, maybe. Oh my God, I love um, it so much. <laughs> Succession is like one of my all time. I've seen every episode at least like 15 times. It's insane. Uh, and then just like, you know, Cheer, Tiger King, all the all the, the things that everybody's watching. Have you found anything it. new? Any new? Um, I'm going back and forth between what people consider prestige TV, TV, which is to me like a library of old Ladies of London episodes, and then <laughs> random things. Like I got really into The Outsider on HBO. About, oh, my husband's watching that. It's fucking everything, and I need a second season immediately. I mean, this is the whole weirdness with Corona is like we're so fortunate to have content. Like The Good Fight just premiered its um, oh, new yeah. season. Phenomenal. There's a lot of great, great TV, but my question is like, what are we going to be doing in like a year? Like, how is this going to work? Yeah. TV people are freaking out about it. So what have your conversations been like with said TV people? And tell, tell Joseph TV. I said, hello. (laughs) Joe TV uh, is stressed out. We, um, I got a good friend that works at a network um, who oversees a lot of big, like big main network shows. And Mm -hmm. she was like, they can't they they can't film. I mean, even if even if um, it gets to the point where you can sort of partially go back to work, a TV set has like two hundred and fifty people on it, like eating from the same mush pile at craft services. So like they, <laughs> a lot of what they do is like contingency plans and stuff. But you're not going to get like um, you know blue bloods or whatever films from home. You know the way they did SNL last night. It's like there's just nothing. They're going to run some old shows that they have in the can and then they don't know what they're going to do. Did you watch the SNL? I watched, I watched like half of it. I was really thrown by Colin Jost's arms. Did you notice in the opening credits that he has like cantaloupe arms? I don't want to be sexually attracted to him, but I don't know if I have a choice now. Oh God, he's, I'm so repulsed by him. I think it's maybe it starts with his personality and then works itself down. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not, I, I remembered it like maybe 20 minutes after it started and then I was enthralled for the rest of it. I thought they did such a good job, um, but I missed I, that. Yeah. I have to go back and watch his, I don't know, bowling <laughs> balls for biceps or whatever. What I felt like was really great about it was that each sketch was clearly like, mostly if not entirely written by the one person that was in it um and they didn't have that like group think that they often have and i thought it was so great to be to just see 
you know, not just Kate McKinnon, but all of them sort mm-hmm. of be like, this is what I can do. Like, mm-hmm. I can make a rap video. I can do Carol Baskin. Like, mm-hmm. this, okay. And and it was almost like watching their audition tapes, you know, if you ever see their audition tapes when they can they do the impressions that they can do. Right. And you're like, oh, these people are so good. And I thought, I wasn't, sur- I wasn't, I was actually surprised by how often I laughed. Like, I didn't know what this was going to be like and what it was going to look like. And I actually thought from, like, a production level, they did a pretty good job. They did. It wasn't, like, <laughs> unwatchable. It wasn't, no. like, you know, shout out to Watch What Happens, which is doing such a good job <laughs> of, like, giving us content. But it feels like I'm watching a Skype, you know? Yeah. Oh, so you started watching it? <laughs> um, I didn't. I started watching <laughs> some clips but my problem is because these housewives are doing so many instagram lives that i'm ducking in and out of i feel like i'm watching an instagram live and it's hard i have like tv add and i think a part of my like medication ritalin or whatever is when it looks good i can like really focus on it and when it Mm -hmm. looks like something that i ignore on instagram i'm going to ignore it when it airs if that makes any yeah. sense and i'm yes. and i'm so appreciative that they're giving us stuff like i can't say enough like shout out i'm the jackhole of the night right now like i cannot say enough about how appreciative i am but i'm also thinking i mean do you watch keeping up with the kardashians i, I don't <laughs> okay well i watch enough of it for both of us yeah yes, and thank you. kim the love of my life who i used to despise and now i on un- unironically adore had um an instagram live when she was like setting up all the tech in her bedroom because they're now having all of the women self-record their confessionals but like she was showing the camera that they brought in and the equipment and they had like little sticky notes on like press power here and she got confused and she was zooming with producers or whatever and it was actually very fascinating but i was intrigued by the fact that when she showed us what the actual um uh like what the screen looked like of when she was in there with the lighting or whatever in her bedroom, one of 70 in that castle <laughs> in which she lives, that strange modern art piece from hell um, without any doors. It's, it's fascinating. Um, so but when she like turned on the light so I could see what it looked like, it actually looked really, really good. And I understand why Watch What Happens, for example, couldn't do that because we're talking about different guests every night. You can't ship stuff. That's a danger in and of itself. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, rotating cast. But I do wonder why production, Bravo, separate production companies couldn't do some version of that, for example, for Andy specifically, so that it feels like there's like heightened production, better audio. And then they're talking about how they're shooting reunions. Shaw's of Sunset having one of its worst seasons seasons of all time and an already very low bar um, (laughs) is allegedly recording their reunion this coming week. Atlanta Candy dropped in some interview that they're doing a video online quasi recording. I don't know if they've already shot that or it's happening in the next couple of days. It's not going to work. I don't think it's not going to work. And I saw Kyle Richards doing like a little thing of like, this is what my confessional looks like in like her office space <laughs> with a thing. And I'm just thinking like, why can't we have the quality of keeping up with the Kardashians tech for our Bravo Lebs? Is it because that's one show and E has a lot less responsibility of like having a huge docket of shows than these Bravo shows. It just doesn't. 
I think the Bravo shows have much lower production values than you probably think. And I I would not put it past the Kardashians to pony up for their end of it, don't you think? Like, they would be like, I'm getting all of this lighting. Yeah, Um, for sure. I mean, they're probably doing costumes. They're definitely doing makeup. Like, they're doing all the stuff that other people don't have the money to do. It's just wild because a part of the fantasy of Housewives is that everything looks so glossy and pretty so that even when these like terrible uh, ugly spirits come out and play (laughs) you're like well at least they look great like this person is a nightmare i'm terrified of them they probably murdered but (laughs) they look so lovely and so nice that it's sort of an excuse it's like a helpful excuse of these women's behavior i don't know because we have the mirage and the oasis of the money of it all like the richness the fantasy of it so that even if these women are dealing with like incredibly self-destructive behaviors or they're being monstrous to each other it's still a heightened version of reality and that's not just because they're on reality tv yeah and now i'm like okay cool so while you and i are zooming with each other right now and i'm (laughs) obsessed with looking at you you look amazing phenomenal (laughs) I don't necessarily want to see a Zoom video on, like, Bravo Thursdays at 9. You know what I'm saying? I mean, New York is lucky, right? Because they're all done. And they're, you know, this whole season's in the can, I assume, right? Must be. I mean, I don't know how far into the confessional filming that they were. I think a lot of that confessional stuff happens as late as possible when they're editing the episode so that they know yeah. like we need you specifically to, to talk, talk about, about this yeah. sh- talk shit about this person in this moment and how you felt blah 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 so i don't know how that's going to resolve itself i mean i'm very nervous for the atlanta reunion specifically because <laughs> the whole thing with atlanta is their reunions are like always historic like <laughs> always amazing even when they're bad i'm still like holy fucking shit these women came to play and i just feel bad for them like i feel i mean obviously no one expected corona to happen and obviously this is the riskiest worst part of it for all yeah. of us, but i feel bad about it i'm like wait this is my escapism i don't i understand i think it's going to be an interesting moment of time in five years hopefully when we've survived this to look back at those episodes and be like look at what they were doing and look how amazing it was that they still were able to figure out a way to work this out it's incredibly i'm sure stressful and difficult for people specifically in tv production as well as essentially any other industry but i also think like oh my god are we still gonna are we gonna get any of the housewifery of it all i wonder if they're gonna like impress you with how much they come to play in this scenario like how hard they try to look good how try how hard they try to amp up the drama from separate places like i bet you the ones that are are really good at that are gonna come and they're gonna come as hard as they can and like i i think it might impress you i i hope i hope that well, I mean, I would love it. <laughs> I feel like at <laughs> we'll this see. point, I'm very easily to impress. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. We have Beverly Hills coming up, which is going to be a shit show. Potomac, yes. which is probably going to have one of the best seasons of all time, as they do every season. And mm-hmm. so we'll see how those shows are affected. I mean, we'll see what happens with Atlanta. We'll see what happens with everybody else. And I guess we'll all kind of just go through this together as our own strange, happy slash deeply depressed family. 
I will say one of the things that struck me when I started watching this season, and I've been watching this show, I recapped it when it started, which was, I guess, more than 10 years ago. Um, and the women look exactly the same. I mean, they have not aged. They all look amazing. Some of them look better than they used to look. Like, I, I got a hand to them. They look good. And when did you, where did you first start recapping the show? Was that New York Magazine or was it preceded by... So I worked for the New York Daily News. Uh, I right. wrote for their gossip column for four years. So that and that was like was that Gatecrasher. Um, it was before Gatecrasher. It was uh, it was it? a column called Rush and Malloy, and it was written by this married couple, George Rush yes. and Joanna Malloy. Yes, yes, it was yes. Two, it was two pages. It was like the Daily News's answer to page six. But like page six, they didn't have to work that hard because people just called them all the time, and no one ever called us. So like we would have to go out to nightclubs and like listen and try to get people to sort of watch people while they were drunk and if someone was doing drugs you couldn't say they were doing drugs unless you had done the drugs to like make sure they were drugs (laughs) (laughs) it was a weird time what an opportunity Um, so i was there for 2004 to 2007 and then um real housewives started in 2008 and i had just gone to new york magazine and i edited a blog called daily intel and we started recapping uh, Real Housewives and Gossip Girl and anything that was kind of about New York on the Daily Intel blog and then eventually it moved over to Vulture. Right. Um, so when it started, I was very um, familiar with Tinsley. Of course, she wasn't on the show then. Uh, but these other women came out of nowhere. I mean, there was not... You had not heard of any of those women before. Um, they were not in gossip columns. Like, I, I remember being like a countess. I've never heard of a countess <laughs> in New York. <laughs> she, this must be legit. And... <laughs> So what were your experiences like connecting with them when this franchise was still in its very, very early days? I mean, what was that experience like? What were they like? They were, um, you know, they were kind of out and about in that way that I, that they sort of are not as much anymore. That Like they would go to every, they would go to the opening of an envelope right. and they would want to be interviewed a lot. Like Alex McCord, especially, I mean, remember her, she doesn't even have a wiki Wikipedia page. I just looked, which is like the saddest oh, thing. No. <laughs> um, and Bethany had kind of been around and she, I was friendly with her. Like we sort of know each other and she was always the way she is on the show, which is not like the screaming mean Bethany, but the like the funny Bethany, who's like right. really good in the confessionals. Like she was all she always knew that that was like her strength. Yeah. Um, so she was really good on red carpets. Um, and then and Kelly, when Kelly started being on the show, she was the first one I feel like that was kind of a somebody before. Like she yes. had been a model. She was married to right. Jill Ben Simone. Like she she was kind of a somebody. Um, and so that was fun. And she had, when she started the show, she had just like assaulted her ex-boyfriend. She had just maybe almost gone to jail, I think. Oh my Um, God, I remember that. What a moment. What a time. (laughs) She was somehow cleared of it, but then they were like, oh, but she had to do community service. And you're like, that's not what happens when you got cleared of it. (laughs) (laughs) She just decided to give back. She was so inspired by her time in the courts. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, so I, I, I did it with my colleague, Jessica Pressler, um, right. and she and I also recapped Gossip Girl. And we, there was a certain point when like Jill Zarin became so evil that it, 
it actually like became hard to watch and it like affected me on the inside. Like and we what we would do is we would recap the show and say who won each episode. Right. Because it, it did feel like a Hunger Games kind of thing. It still does. But back then when they were kind of trying to figure out how the show worked and like how to how to make themselves look the best, like Sonia would kind of stay out and just be funny on the side. And that was like, she often won, quote, won because of that. Um, but then Jill got to be such a negative force. Like not only, oops, sorry, some motorcyclists going by me. Um, not only would she be mean to the characters, but she'd be, like, mean to waiters. You know, like, she would be unnecessarily evil around, just around to everything in the show. You could tell she was being mean to the producers. And so we started doing a list of why Jill Zarin is a monster at the end of every, at the end of every recap. And I was rereading some of them, and I was like, wow, I was really mad. Like, I was really mad at Jill Zarin. Like, I had, like a list of things I probably wanted to say to her if I ever saw her in real life. And then one day she went on, like, she went on um, WNBC. She was on, like, um, you know, some public radio thing, and she was like, there is some queen who recaps <laughs> Real Housewives of New York City who hates me so much, the nastiest queen. And I was like, first of all, how do you know I'm a queen? Second of all, <laughs> it's true. We need to meet up and talk. Um, and, and then they got, they got her off that show. Like eventually it was like, somehow she was too mean for the show and they got her off and it was a good, it was like a good call. And then when she finally came back a few years later, she sort of had her tail tucked between her legs, you know? Have you heard from her in the intervening years at all? I definitely interviewed, I like talked to her at a few parties when it started and then I have not seen her. I no, I have not interacted with her. So we've not had a chance to talk about, um, you know, our virtual tiff. Do you think that she should come back? I mean, I think that at some point they're all going to be blonde. And it's never my favorite thing when they're all blonde. <laughs> uh, Listen, New York diversity, bring back that ginger, okay? I mean, <laughs> they really have not tried to have a lady of color. No, really, they haven't. No, have they? <laughs> no, they haven't. They've done the very least. They did um, a recap recently where a couple, like my DVR accidentally picked up a recap from a couple of seasons ago and I watched it and it was like one of those like to catch you up before the new season, but it was from like two years ago and like Kristen was on it and um, the the brunette, what was her name? Cindy Bishop? Um, no, not Cindy. The the long hair, Jules. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, literally, I literally was like, I don't, I don't know who this person is. Like <laughs> <laughs> this person was in my house for a year and I... I couldn't tell you one thing about that lady. Well, she is Chinese and Jewish, and that's really all you need to know. <laughs> I, that's yeah, I know. It's like, but there's something there's something different about her. There's something diverse. Oh. Um. So, do you think that she'll be back, Jill? Oh, Jill. Um. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought her back. Um. With with Bethany gone, there's no like um. Big center of gravity personality the way that Bethany was. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and if it's always Luann and Ramona that are kind of that character, I mean, they've got Dorinda now, but, um, I, I think, I think, yeah, I think they might think about bringing her back. They didn't, wasn't it a couple of seasons ago? They sort of tried, they kind of, she kind of was in a couple of episodes and they, they used her in the trailer. So we thought that there was going to be more happening yeah. and then they essentially edited out, edited out that moment and just had her doing a couple quips. 
And that was kind of the extent of it. And I think her hope and maybe some of their hopes, not like Ramota's, but possibly Luann's, was that she would be back. And it just, it didn't happen. And to me, I was like, is this an example of emotional abuse where even if she was a nightmare before, they're like dangling the carrot and she's running to grab it and they jerk it away at the latest possible moment. Um, Substitute an apple for a carrot in that scenario. (laughs) And I don't know. I don't know if it hasn't happened yet. And it didn't happen immediately followed following Dennis's death when they had that moment outside yeah. of um, uh, Bobby's funeral. I don't know if it's ever going to happen because I think that that would have been the greatest possible reintroduction to have her come back. And it might not have happened yeah. because Bethany didn't want it to happen and had a lot of sway with production. And it might not have happened because production didn't want to deal with her again. And I don't know. You know, if that chance is going to come up as organically in the future as it has, you know, in the last couple of years. I mean, I think I also kind of got the sense, even from like Watch What Happens Live episode, that Andy doesn't like her. Oh, definitely or does not. There's oh, like, a, yeah, they dislike. don't, they like hate each other. So, um, so that I, I feel is, is an obstacle, right? <laughs> I mean, it's hard to come back from secretly recording a pre taped. Um, watch what happens episode that you had your assistant record in full in the off chance you didn't like your edit and then doing such a shitty job of that that they found out I don't know how you're gonna walk yourself back from being like Andy I love you so much that I had to record this recording to make sure that you didn't like inadvertently mispronounce my name or call me a whore like I don't know I don't know what Jill was expecting that they would do that she hadn't already done to herself but sometimes Jill is her own worst enemy and by sometimes I mean most always all the time yeah and I don't know if it's just past the point of return and I say that as someone who would love for her to be back I would love. Oh, for her you to be would back. love for her to be back. I would love for her to be back, even as a friend of, like an actual friend of, because I think that the relationship and frenemyship that she has with Ramona is real. I also think that she yeah. and Luann are truly good friends right now. I'm curious how that would change if they were both recording, because there's a level of competitiveness that's just inherent in doing this kind of show and filming with your friends who are also your co-stars and kind of jostling for the spotlight. And I also think because she inadvertently introduced Dorinda, who I think had her first taping when she was essentially a background actor, AKA a friend of Jill's at that anti-bullying luncheon. Um, It would be interesting. Yeah, I know back in the day, it would be (laughs) (laughs) interesting. It would be interesting to see how, if any, like how much power Dorinda would be okay with Jill having, like if she would be subservient in any way, or if it would go in the exact opposite direction where Dorinda would feel like, I don't owe you anything. Let me prove to you that I'm the one that actually has all the power now because I'm physically on the show. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how that would work, but I think it would be really interesting, but I also don't have to deal with these women. So if they're nightmares, 24 7 i mean there's something to say with if you're easy to work with mazel none of them are if you're difficult to work with but you're like producing really good tv then i mean like ramona is a horrible horrible person she is a horrible monstrous person who's a great housewife who i look forward to watching on tv every year and it's sort of like a part of her charm is being a nightmare with jill 
Jill decided to start producing her story arcs, but she's not a natural producer. No, yeah. And had a vested interest in trying to bury Bethany, and it blew up in her face. Plus, she was hard to work with. And it's it's difficult to be both bad at your job and mean while doing it. I think Dorinda, like, if Dorinda goes into the season and she looks like the bad one, you know, like she's the bad, she, she's always causing problems, she's being unreasonable. I can see that opening a door for that for her to be more comfortable with having Jill come back. Like, I think Dorinda is very comfortable in the character she's supposed to play. And this season, it feels like she's kind of bouncing up against the borders of the show. Like, she's hitting the fourth wall a little too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see if she watches this season and she's like, oh, shoot, like, I'm I'm becoming the Jill. She could be like, hey, Jill, hey, Jill come back. <laughs> come back and be the Jill, right? Like, you know, like when um, she in this in this the second episode, this ep- second episode that just came out, she did that thing with Leia where she was like, I don't know you. And you're like, well, you can't do that on this show because we know you don't know her. Right. <laughs> like you're bumping up against like the fakeness of this show. And you, you know, that's just like doesn't work. That insult doesn't work because everybody knows you don't know her. And like, that's not like that's not why she's there. And you mentioned it in your last episode where like she was she wants Tinsley to be kind of more like open about her past and like sort of show more of her real life but she can't really say that on the show. So I am curious to see how Dorinda spins out in this season and if in a way that opens a door for Jill. What do you think about this season looking like it's going to be a little bit of a downfall of Dorinda arc? I mean, that's what they're setting up now. Right. I, you know, I think, I mean, I will say she looked amazing in that first episode. Looks like, amazing. <laughs> she looks good so good. for you. Um, but she, you know, the, the whole thing where she was like, oh, I've got, you know, I've got all these problems. I have no joy left in my life. Like she, she said, like, there's nothing carefree about me anymore. And you're like, well, you still don't have a job and like you your main concern is I guess this house but like she's clearly going through something yeah and um I don't know and what she's and clearly what they're trying to say about like they want to call Tinsley a prostitute right like that's what they're the trying women. to do the women yeah yeah or certainly and, what Dorinda has explicitly done right and I don't think that's going to work because they're not really they're like expecting you to follow stuff that's like maybe in page six or like sort of gossip that's going on outside. And, and that's not going to work because Tinsley's kind of uh, like sort of like one of the more uninteresting characters. So she's not a good foil. Um, yeah. So I definitely see it's possible that, that Dorinda, this is the season that Dorinda kind of goes down. What do you think? I thought it was surprising that it wasn't Sonia because I'd heard that Sonia wasn't doing the best that she's ever been doing and was kind of acting out a little bit while production was happening and, and after. Um, so I was surprised it was going to be Dorinda, not Sonia. And then I started watching these episodes and I was like, oh, OK, like Dorinda's really kind of spinning out right now. It seems like a lot of it is sort of a mirror to what Ramona has been dealing with, where like. I don't want to be married to Mario anymore, but a piece of myself was in being a wife. And what does it mean when I'm no longer one? And I don't know that, listen, we never met Richard. I don't know about Richard personally, but I wonder, I think Dorinda lost a piece of herself after he died. And in choosing to date John, who is someone who's like, a boyfriend, but certainly not a partner. She's Mm -hmm. made a very specific choice 
to not have someone in her life who will take the reins in the way that she wants and support her emotionally in the way that she likely had in her marriage. And that's a choice that she made of the, we'll go to dinner and he'll sleep over three nights a week. And that's where we are. And I think now she's realizing because of the flood at Bluestone Manor, because of the state of affairs in her life, she misses the kind of love and support that she had with Richard and is probably grappling with the fact that she's made a very specific choice to date someone who is very, very different, who's like a perpetual bachelor, never been married. Um, and as a result of that, she's probably this season dealing with the fact that like she has this whole house situation that's a fucking mess. And also she's probably pretty lonely and she might be really angry that Tinsley can get away with talking around her relationships and personal life and may not be the most honest of anybody in that cast. And Dorinda isn't in that place. She's not given that kind of freedom to maybe like rewrite her reality. Is her daughter in college now? She also, her daughter's out of the house. So yeah, Hannah, I think graduated. I think she was going to Hunter, I want to say, and I think graduated, but regardless isn't there. And yeah, Dorinda's not the full-time mother in the sense that you, your child is an adult. Now you're always going to be that child's parent, but the circumstances change, the responsibility changes. And I don't know that Dorinda knows how to take care of herself because I think if she did, I mean, Dorinda's whole thing is like, Oh, I lost weight. I'm working out now. And it's like, cool, cool, cool. But like, are you seeing a therapist? Like, who are you talking right. about your emotions yeah. with? Because Lord knows I love an elliptical, but that's not necessarily <laughs> going to be like, hey, Duran, are, yeah. are you writing in a journal? You know what I'm saying? Like, there are steps to take and they're not just the 10,000 a day that you're walking. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, Wait, I don't know. Speaking of which, I almost missed this um, in this this most recent episode. And then like, I caught the tail end of it and I was like, whoop, and had to rewind it. The thing where Ramona had a vision board for men, where she was like, I have a cardboard man, and I put, like, you know, I, I want to get married, and I put all, like, a murder board, which Luann yeah. correctly called her out on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I was like, wait, someone told her to do that. Like, she didn't, like, Brene Brown or, like, she, you know, a therapist or somebody was like, this is what you should do. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I should do that for sure. Like, she didn't come up with that on her own. Ramona? Not <laughs> yeah. coming up with something having to do with self-care? So she's seeing somebody. She's seeing, other than Pinot Grigio, she's seeing somebody. And that person is giving her some interesting guidance. And that person might be Avery, <laughs> PhD, doctor, daughter, who might be like, hey, mom, my friend, you're the cool one. And my friends and I are doing this great thing. Why don't you join us? Yeah. And or I mean, Avery, like, she skedaddled from that show. Remember, she used to be like a real character and she was kind of the the everyman. She was like the straight man in the improv comedy troupe. Like she sort of <laughs> sat there and watched. Um, and so at some point she was like, this is bad for my rep. I got to get off. Yeah, I can't imagine what Avery is like as an adult after having Ramona as her mother. And Ramona, P.S., I'm sure was an amazing parent in many ways. But if you were seeing someone be as demanding of other people as Ramona was every day of your life, I'm curious to see what kind of adult child that creates. I would be curious to see it. It can go in a couple different ways. I bet they were pretty good parents. There's I, there's a lot of like Ramona's ma- mannerisms that my mom has, which is actually mm. quite frightening. It's very jarring. A lot of the eye fluttering that she does, which is oh. um, a very specific trait. Um, wow. And I just kind of think that they actually probably had a pretty normal 
life before Would the show. It. And Would then the, and then the show kind of made her into this like crazy person. But I, my suspicion is that they had a pretty tame life, in which case she's got, you know, a chance. <laughs> so you mentioned a little bit um, in some of what you were saying, a little bit about socialite rank. Can you dive oh, into God. that a little bit more? Because I was just rereading a long form piece about it. Cause I just oh, find it and like the Russians or whatever. <laughs> Wait, so it. is this something that you've discussed in your podcast before? I know you've had like 150 episodes that have not listened to all of them. So I don't want to retread. How <laughs> dare you We're stopping the recording right now? I don't know that we, I think we've probably referenced it, but can you give a little bit more background because it's endlessly fascinating. So there was this period of time when, um, partially when I worked at the, at the, in the Gotham home and then partially when I worked at New York magazine where, socialites just period were a much bigger thing than they are now because they there wasn't instagram so there wasn't like a sort of direct connection with like what is my favorite celebrity doing tonight Mm -hmm. um and the the um celebrity weeklies were already such a much bigger deal so photographs of you being like photographed somewhere were kind of a big currency and so tinsley was huge at that time and she always had now now she's kind of figured her hair out she's got like kind of a good she does a few things with yeah, it. but she, she had her just, signature. Right? She had her one thing, like a barrette pinned across. She's a baby doll dress. Um, and there were a bunch of celebrities like that. And Ivanka Trump was one of them. Right. Um, and, so, and so then eventually there was a website called Socialite Rank, which literally ranked the socialites. And it was sort of once a week, it would be like Tinsley's on top, then it's Zanny Googleman, and then Fabiola Barracasa, and all these people who I assume are still alive now, but who knows. Um, <laughs> they are they are um and uh and so it no one knew who did it it was like an anonymous website uh and then kind of the central drama of it was that olivia palermo appeared out of nowhere (laughs) (laughs) and she and paris hilton sort of paris hilton was on it too but she had kind of transcended past that at that point um and and so then the central drama was like Olivia desperately trying to get to the top or like be friends with these girls. And then she maybe sent a letter to all of them that was um, got into page six. And then she claimed she didn't write it, but it was basically like, guys, stop being mean to me. I'm a nice person. Please stop walking away from me when you see me at the red carpet line. Um, and people thought Derek Blasberg wrote it. People thought all these different Peter Davis wrote it. Um and then it turned out it was this Russian, this, these Russian twins, so Valentine and, and I knew Valentina, the other, I forget the other one, the sister, her name, but um, they were out and about too. Like they, you know, they were kind of on the scene, but not as much as like Tinsley. Um, and yeah, someone found out that it was them and then the whole thing shut down and they, um, they actually took the website off the internet, but um, not before there were all these great stories about it. And then the twins married each other. Did you see that part? I didn't see that photo. <laughs> Mazel tov. Yeah. Wait, so I... what? But they weren't they siblings or cousins or something? So they look very similar. And I oh, always thought no. Valentine was gay because he held my hand once. Um, <laughs> and, and then they got married. And I don't know if it was like they were never twins and it was like a green card thing. But it was a very interesting, oh. strange twist at the end of that story but i actually saw they're still around i saw valentine the other day at like a bulgari party so i guess they haven't you know totally been ostracized forever but it was but after that website went away those social the socialites kind of didn't the ones that didn't 
go past it like Kim Kardashian and become some whole other thing. Uh, and Tinsley, who tried a million different things, including crimes. Um, you know, they kind of... <laughs> They kind of went away, and then that was sort of the end of that era. They became the the new socialites were influencers, and um, yeah, and it was all kind of like from Paris, from Par- like socialites to Paris to Kim to what we have now. Who would you rank um, at the top of New York right now if you were doing a socialite esque rank of Real Housewives? Oh, of real, just specifically of Real Housewives. Who? Um, oh my God, they're also. Um, ridiculous uh i guess ramona i guess ramona i don't know that's a good question i mean i think i think sonia and dorinda have sort of inoculated themselves from criticism by being ridiculous and in a way they're kind of the people that you like i co-chair a charity event and you always kind of wanted dorinda or sonia to come because they're fun and they'll do something fun and and like and then luann is just has become some other thing with the cabaret. Um, and then, and then, and then Tinsley, I think to me, Tinsley only exists on the show. I don't know about you. I don't like see her out in other places or another, like she doesn't make the news any other way. No, I think that, yeah, I think you're right. Um, I might say Dorinda just in the sense of the value that she's currently bringing to the season. I don't know what yeah. they would have done without her. And that is maybe not great for her like mental health care, but certainly for us and looking for a plot. I think she's going to connect a lot of people, even if they're behaving in response to and against whatever she's doing and saying. Um, yeah. She seems to have a lot of value. I mean, this is the whole thing with Bethany leaving and leaving the day before or potentially the day of production starting is that there is still that alpha element that like star to be kind of person who ideally wasn't huge before they came on the show, but the show makes them huge. If that makes yeah. any sense. So it fits yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. better into the narrative of it all. Mm-hmm. And, like Erica Jane. Yeah. Right. And, um, I wonder this whole thing with Leah McSweeney. Listen, I was looking through (laughs) if there was a DM section of YouTube. I was looking through my DM, saw a video of her in 2000. Wait, when did in 2016 where she's talking about how Trump isn't racist and Hillary's a bad person. (laughs) He's not that bad and everything's going to be great. And like, it's a joke that people she's not going to vote because she doesn't want to and there's she doesn't like either of them but people love that people love that but she's like she's like i read a new york times article about how people aren't going to vote and isn't that terrible it's so sad and also p.s i'm not going to vote but like i don't think anything's going to happen to being pro-choice because we would never happen have that happen let that happen as a country but also p.s i'm not voting but as someone who's very smart about politics so anyway she's saying all this shit she's 100 percent uh uh whatever she is there have been articles that have come out about her critiquing me too and what she views as toxic feminism yeah and she's done a lot of shit and i put a lot of it on social and i don't know if it's because of this nightmare that we're currently living in or whatever but i am doing a very good job and i don't know that this is something to be proud of of separating any differences that I have with her regarding politics from what I think has been an incredibly successful casting on New York. Oh yeah. And yeah, I, no, I, right. Yeah. Tell yeah, me I agree. Your thoughts. No, I, I think I actually was with the exception of Dorinda kind of like 
you know, bumping into the the fourth wall. I, I felt like it's actually worked really well. And she has um, probably because she hasn't been drinking. Uh, she yeah. like she has the right like pinprick a little bit, but then be funny and kind of be like at the end of the day in the background, be like, I don't really give a shit about this. It's fine. You can say something mean about my tattoos. And like she they the rest of the girls did that thing that they do on house hunters where like someone has to pretend that they are obsessed with cathedral ceilings and like and then they'll go into a house and be like it doesn't have cathedral ceilings but this time it was tattoos like none of them give a shit about tattoos but they were like oh this is the thing that we have to like be upset about so there's something interesting in the first two episodes and uh and she like went with that she was like okay this is what we're doing like okay i'll be like a little defensive i'll get offended by something but not really and and i thought yeah i thought she seems smart she mm-hmm. seems funny and crass, which is yeah. good for this show. Very quick. Um, yeah. And, and then, like, the I mean, you were talking about this last week, but the, the thing where she was like, I haven't drank in nine years. But then I started six months ago. You're like, girl, you were really getting ready for this show. <laughs> this is... <laughs> Talk about dedication to one's craft. Yeah, you're really, like, going to fuck up your life for this. And that's, we're here for it. Um, <laughs> we thank you for your service. But the thing about New York is that it always starts this way, which is, like, it starts calm. Like it starts with like weird manufactured drama where you're like, this is no one cares about what room you're in. You're not really upset about that. Like why, you know, you're doing these like weird sort of minor bickering, like Dorinda's yelling for no reason, literally at all. And then fast forward and like someone's shitting on a boat that's burning outside of Columbia. And you're like, wait, how did we get here? (laughs) So like we, what we're seeing now has like, and that's the beauty of New York. Like, it has nothing to do with, like, what's going to happen at the end. Like, Luann's going to relapse. Like, there's going to be all this other drama, and we're going to have no idea how Leia's going to deal with that or be a part of that. And I have to say, the thing that I like about her is that she seems really confident. And even if I don't yes. agree with things that she's saying, and certainly things that she said in the press and things that she's done relating to whatever in real life, I believe that she believes it. And that is Hmm. sort of necessary. I don't think that when she's saying stuff that it's coming from a place of bullshit. I think she really gets the game. She obviously knows what it is she's signing up for. It would be insane at this point not to. Yeah. And I feel like she is comfortable enough in her own skin that she has zero issue in potentially her one of her first time shooting as a group to say to Dorinda that she thinks what she's saying is insane saying to Tinsley you need to stand up for yourself and all this stuff that she said this week I mean the tattoo stuff is insane to me and it also reminded me of I remember reading your recaps during like on New York Magazine like season four right when it was like a whole thing of like Sonia trying to explain what it means to be on a reality TV show when the star of the show is Ramona and absolutely nobody else to Cindy Marshop and I see like the same thing happening where these women are all pretending to be Sonia season four and they're all saying to Leah you know, um, you're trash because you have a tattoo and like we need to explain to you how being on this show works and we need you to make sure that you are put in your place from the start. And Leah is doing a much better job of responding to it in a way that is interesting to watch on TV than Cindy did. And Uh that will pay dividends for Leah, I would say for the rest of the season. Like she gets it. Like she's not afraid to call it out. She knows when to like shut her fucking mouth for a second so that these women can like get through their Michigasa bullshit but she also isn't afraid to correctly and in a way that's like very well spoken say 
you guys are out of your minds. And that's going to be great for her. It's going to be great for her. She could be like a Heather, right? Like a funny yeah. kind of like a, Heather eventually lost that cool. But like, you yeah. know, kind of just a little out outside of it, just watching it. I mean, there was a moment when they're all standing like wet, ready to go into the cars before dinner. And she's like having a fight with Dorinda and nobody else is reacting as if there's a fight going on. They're just like literally like trying to figure out who's going to go in which car. And they're all standing mm-hmm. very close to each other. And it just felt very much like, you know, she was playing this little part and she was not at all uncomfortable with that being in a, like a weird fight with somebody mm-hmm. in, a, in everyone else's breathing space. And then they were all like, okay, we're going to get into a car. Let's go. And it was fine. You know, I think she's, I think she's ready for it. Where did they get her though? Like, where do they, she had no connection Leah? to any of them. Yeah. So like, allegedly she... there was some sort of connection to Bethany. Although Leah said in some oh. interview that she's like, they're pretending that Bethany brought me in through like a beauty person, but I didn't actually even know her. Like we just had the same person. So there's been some sort of weird pushback of like whether or not she was whether or not she was brought it like Bethany says that she suggested her and there's been the response of like cool but Leah was suggested on the long list of people that all, all of these women make recommendations um before production oh, yeah. starts on an upcoming season and I don't know how much of this was like Bethany maybe referenced her or referred her and her start was supposed to be with Bethany until Bethany quit the night before so is that they really put true she, she quit the night is that so that's why they were they had that footage of all of them reacting to it yeah, so she literally quit either, depending on who you ask, the very night before or the night of um, production starting. And so that has come out in the press this week because Bethany went on Extra and had a lot to say. P.S. Shout out to Bethany for everything she's doing with Be Strong. It goes without saying. Yeah, it's so great totally. and wonderful and God bless. But anyway, so she goes on Extra and says... <laughs> The ratings overall in television have never been higher, and perhaps the ratings on Housewives aren't doing well because it's sort of maybe not the content that is inspiring people to do what they um, need to do right now. And she also says, she said that, like, the premiere episode and how they featured her departure was like a proverbial middle finger to her. Which I thought was so interesting because, A, how do you expect them to cover you quitting without telling any of your cast members and then releasing like an Instagram memo or something to people that you have your publicist distribute? How do you they're not going to throw you a parade when you leave in that fashion? Like Miss Businesswoman, if you're literally quitting the night before because you finalized your like deal with Mark Burnett and HBO Max or whatever, they're not going to be like, we wish you well when you didn't text a single cast member to give them a heads up, they're going to respond to it. I also didn't think they responded in a negative way. I mean, people may be shady in the press right now, but I don't think there was anything on the premiere episode that she should be offended by. I thought well, that I was think, wild. I don't know that I've ever seen another show, another one of the housewife shows or any show give everyone else yes. a moment to like recognize and, and a little bit shit on the person who was leaving. Like, yes. I, I remember thinking like, Oh, this is, I have not seen that. Um, And it was good television, to be honest. (laughs) I mean, it was good television. And it's also like you don't get to have a say in this. And you're talking about how maybe the Housewives isn't as as inspiring as like, I don't know, a businesswoman who's now helping out bajillions and has her own um, alcohol company and spirits, yada, yada. But to be fair, that's not what people want to watch. I'm sorry. I mean, God bless. Like, I'm really glad she's doing what she's doing. But why do you think Tiger King was the number one (laughs) show? (laughs) 
in America. <laughs> yeah, I think she's losing her way a little bit in the sense that Bethany's narrative is the only one. And she thinks it's about inspiration. And I think it's about escapism. And if some inspiration sneaks in the back door, I'm not going to turn it down. But that's not exactly why yeah. I'm knocking to begin no. with. And so there was a piece that came out. I don't remember if it was in the Daily Mail or Page Six uh, originally that said that was like five sources close to production are essentially burying her. And it says, we all can't believe she's out there bashing the show when the ratings are good. And she's proclaimed to have moved on when she decided to leave the franchise. I know the ladies only wish her more success with her new show than she had with the last one. (laughs) And then somebody else close to production, which PS could be somebody's publicist. I mean, it's like they take very, uh, yeah. So as much as Bethany pretends to be a (laughs) pretends to be a producer, creator, (laughs) mogul, and even philanthropist, she will always be a real housewife and reality star she was a no one before real housewives of new york why would someone be so desperate as to bash the franchise that built her brand andy is livid i mean i don't know that andy gets livid at this stuff anymore i mean like he's got a lot of he's got a lot of (laughs) ladies ladies making him crazy (laughs) you know i don't I, i feel like i mean i do sort of feel like they kind of are friends in that way that it sort of felt like he was friends with Carol um but I don't imagine him yeah I don't imagine him really being bothered by that I don't think he was livid I do think he was probably annoyed anytime someone who built her career on the housewives and then is directly critiquing ratings that she's obviously been tracking from a show she's no longer longer on that's very shady and I also think she really does not have but she really doesn't have a place in which to critique the mission of the housewives when it was no more inspiring the first through third seasons of New York than it is now. And it's like, maybe focus on like all the good that you're doing. Like we're we're pretending that we're thinking you're going to run for mayor. It could happen. Frankly, anybody's better than de Blasio, but like, I don't know. I don't know what it is that you were trying to do. Like, wasn't it enough that you left the show? Like, isn't it enough that you're working on your own stuff? And then there's, there were some, all these rumors in the daily mail that like, she's calling up people connected with production and like asking what people are working on. And like, what are they talking about in scenes? And I don't know that I buy that. I also don't know that I can completely disbelieve uh, and disprove whether or not that's true, but Mm -hmm. I just think it's kind of a nasty way when you've already you already left in a way that I would consider incredibly unprofessional. Like, wasn't that enough? Yeah. And Andy should have been mad at that. I mean, that that is that's like a lot of people's jobs. Like there's a lot of people counting on things, something to go one way that they planned a lot on. And it's just like you would never do that in in most business situations. Yes, I agree. And I have a, we do this segment on Andy's Girls called Satchels of Gold in honor of Her Holiness Kelly Clore and Ben Simone, which are like <laughs> listener questions, comments, concerns. Yeah. And I have a satchel of gold about Bethany from Erin in Orange County who says, um, oh, she said something nice to me at the beginning, which we'll ignore. Um, so the, <laughs> the, the whole, um, Uh, This whole situation with Bethany is so confusing to me because she left by choice. I agree that these comments seem to come from a place of jealousy and not a place of yes. (laughs) But if it was her decision to seek greener pastures, why is she lashing out? I've been a Bethany stand for years, but her comments on this and other things lately are so off-putting. Anywho, as always, thank you for Bravo Compton. I hope you're holding up okay in quarantine. You and all New Yorkers are in my thoughts. That is very sweet, Erin. I'm just thinking about what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode. Just a reminder that we're in hell. Um, Yeah, I think that um, 
I think it's confusing to people because we want Bethany. We want Bethany to always seem to be the best Bethany, and sometimes she's yeah. not. Sometimes she's a little more Jill than she is Bethany, and mm-hmm. this is the kind of zaroning that I think she's currently doing. Yeah, and there's and she's since she's like in a vacuum out of the context of the rest of them. It's only her that's acting badly. Like the rest of the show is not. It's just doing its own thing. So she's off on the side, only kind of being a bad actor, which is never a good look. Um, what do you think about Lou so far? Oh boy, you know I will say when when Chelsea Pierce came out and was doing um, uh, feeling Giovanni and Louis dancing, I was like, she looks great. Like yeah, she, she looks, looks hot. She yeah, looks so good. Stunning. She she you know she's got better hair, you know, better face than she did when she first started the show. <laughs> I mean, I <clears throat> I think that she is. I think she has this attitude that her sort of crime and sobriety uh, drama is maybe more fun to watch than it is. Like, I think mm-hmm. because because it's on TV and because it's been going on for so long and she hasn't really paid super big consequences. Like, she's probably making money from this cabaret tour. It's very popular. Mm-hmm. She's getting a lot of mm-hmm. positive feedback. So if she, like, relapses on the show, which it seems like she does... Um, that I think is really horrible, actually, and like I, I, I don't think that's going to be fun to watch, and and I would feel bad if she thinks that that's something that she should do because it's fun to watch. I mean, I know she's got issues, obviously, um, but right now she seems good. Like she's kind of rolling in with people when people do weird stuff, say weird things to her, and like they put her in that basement room, which like, God damn it. <laughs> the, oh, lower oh, oh the lower, the lower level. level. Which she had a funny line about that, but I also, she's fully ignored it when Ramona like made another joke about her being a hoe where she was like, oh, there's another entrance. So like a man can come in. <laughs> and like, they will not drop that she's a hoe. Like they just like, they will put that in no matter how many times people ignore it or whatever. Um, but yeah, she seems good, but I am worried that it's going to be something that's not going to be fun to watch and then it's going to be kind of painful, actually. What do you think? What's your thought? I mean, I'm nervous for how... I'm nervous for the scenes for the rest of the season where there's that moment where there's they're at, like, drinks or whatever. It's Ramona, Lou, and somebody else. Maybe it's Sonia. I forget who. Or Dorinda. And Luann picks up somebody else's clear drink. Yeah. And Ramona's like, that has vodka. And then she just takes a dramatic sip. I get that that is in its in the moment is like, oh my God, how dramatic. But I also think like, ooh, these are real problems that people have and are going through and making sort of a joke of it by not saying to your cast members on camera, like if we're going to pretend that any part of it could be a teachable moment, if she chooses to drink, which is ultimately her choice and one that the court no longer has a, a vested interest in like capturing and watching and protecting, then she should maybe say something to them instead of making it into like a joke. Cause I don't, it's, it's her choice whether or not she wants to live a sober life, whether or not she wants to drink. She has said on camera before she's an alcoholic. If she's saying now that whatever she's saying, that's ultimately up to her. But I don't love the optics of it being like a punchline that she's taking a, a drink of the vodka, a sip of the vodka, instead of maybe like having a conversation with these women. It doesn't yeah, feel great to me. It the, the preview smash cuts to her being like, oh, it tasted so good. And you're like, no, that that that's actually something really horrible that we watched. And I, I hope those things are not connected. I hope there was something else. <clears throat> but like, 
she's clearly doing AA now. She did an amends, which is like part of the 12 steps with the women in this episode. And it was like much more self-serving than they're supposed to be. But like, um, I, yeah, I totally agree. I hope they don't treat that lightly um, because all of those ladies have like (laughs) issues with drinking and they've dealt with it in certain ways and stuff. But like, if her life keeps going off the rails, it's gonna, it's like not so funny when it goes into like the police blotter you know yeah it's funny when it's in page six it's funny when it's in the post but when it gets into like the crimes section you're like i don't mm, this isn't this isn't what these ladies are doing and the fact that leah hasn't had a drink in like nine years or maybe more and we know that she's like shooting the shit with these women by the end of this season like how much of that was a choice and how much of that was you feeling that you're okay now and what and again it's her choice it's just like the optics on talking about this are a little bit suspect yeah um, it like yeah. makes me a little nervous like that can't be the stuff Don't worry. to look forward to they're watching. gonna handle it with total grace it's all gonna be everyone's gonna learn from their lessons. <laughs> they they're gonna learn do. their lessons yeah they'll oh, be changed <laughs> <laughs> i mean it would be something interesting this is where i miss watch what happens in it's in its true form i yeah. i would love to see a sit down in real time where Andy is asking these women questions and there's more of an opportunity for them to be a little bit connected to whatever they respond with and however they answer. And hopefully by the time they're ready to record a reunion, we'll be in a place where they can be in a setting that's like comfortable enough and makes them feel accountable enough to like respond in kind. And I mean, I guess that's my hope. That's my dream for (laughs) New York. I don't know how real it'll be, but I feel so confident. You do? No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) And how? So, how are you feeling about New York as a whole? Do you feel good about it? Yeah, I feel good. I it. um, You know, it was sad that editor, that New York editor, um, died, and he was clearly a genius, and they all clearly loved him, and he made them that that show really fun. And you, and when you look ahead at the previews. Where like they're just always falling down, <laughs> you I know? know. Like they're always doing pratfalls and like shit that ladies, you know, who pretend to be classy, you would think that they would not want to be caught on camera doing, but they kind of love that stuff, and that's kind of what makes that show so lovable. Like it can go really awry, like when it did on Scary Island with Kelly, but um, if it kind of gets to that like campy, everyone's kind of being a disaster you know showing their badges at a club like I, I feel like I feel like it looks like it's going in that direction and that's fun and I think that's where these people sort of thrive and P.S. shout out to Tinsley and her fiance Scott Cluth who both donated ten thousand dollars to Peter Gamba's uh, GoFundMe oh, that was um to support his wife and uh, kids, Peter Gamba, the longtime editor of New York, who very, very unfortunately and terribly recently passed away from complications due to having uh, COVID-19. And I think Andy also donated 2K. They were very sweet about it. Yes. And I hope that some of these other women who, when you think about who you sort of owe your current careers to, Peter had a very, very big role in crafting the story as it still currently exists and making these women such iconic characters. And mm-hmm. my hope is that, you know, if that cabriolet gave you a couple extra shekels, you're sending some to his family and doing so publicly. Everybody's talking about Tinsley and Scott and Tinsley actually, I think is one of the most charitable financially of any of the New York housewives. And I would hope that fucking 
maybe not maybe not Sonia, but like Dorinda and Ramona and Luann step and fucking Bethany too, by the way. Um yeah. you're gonna talk shit about the show currently, but if we're gonna talk about who you should give some gratitude and thanks to. My thanks is like my thinking is that Peter Gambus should be pretty high in that list. Hopefully, yeah. It sounds all... like he did Bethany getting married too, right? I, I think he did. Oh that yeah. Show. Oh my god. Did you watch? <laughs> I wa I watched some of it. I don't know if I watched the whole thing. I watched some of it. Oh, it is quite good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bethany getting married and Bethany ever after, especially the downfall. Rest in peace with her marriage to Jason Hoppy, is very very good when they're stuck on like a ship or a boat or whatever and they think they're about to die and it's like oh wait so is our marriage i mean it's very <laughs> it's very very good viewing um this was a total joy i am so happy that you got a chance to come on andy's girl so happy and appreciative to have you on the people's people's couch which lives in our hearts and minds since we're not i'm so room. grateful i so many twitter gays that i love and admire have already uh, been on the show <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh my god what an honor to be included thank you i'm a fan and i love listening to it thank you and tell the folks chris rouser how to follow you online and also of course follow your work on that bloomberg Oh, yeah. So um, you, you can find me at my last name, um, Rouser on Twitter. Oh, my God. I'm having, there's like a biker gang outside my window right now. <laughs> wow. Like, literally, it's actually, a, it's actually a biker gang. Oh, my um, God. That's a 3 one This is not usual for Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. So um, you can find me at, at Rouser on Twitter and at C Rouser on Instagram. Um, it's mostly pictures of me and my husband at Broadway shows. <laughs> and then um, and then go to uh, www.bloombergpursuits.com and you can find all of our stuff. It's food and wine and travel and fashion and cars and watches and really great stuff. Um, really important right now in this time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and P.S. All of your writing on New York Magazine is just a Google search away. And I yes. am obsessed with all of your housewife journalism <laughs> of it all, too. So, guys, if you haven't, you know, if you find yourself having some extra time. <laughs> if you are rewatching, I have at least one friend who is who has started watching New York from the beginning oh. during this period of quarantine. And you have a lot. I mean, you're gonna need like several of those Ina Garten sized drinks for that, but yes. um, we the our recaps starting on season three are are all in the real uh, the New York page of New York Magazine, so you can find them all. Oh, love it! Um, this was a total joy. Thank you so much. I can't wait to sass with you again soon. And guys, thank you. Patreon episode support Andy's girls. Um, I'm poor. Give me money. Pa uh, link to Patreon. I'm gonna do a bonus patreon about all things dorinda responding to a couple satchels that you guys gave me so look for that soon and a link to support patreon which gives you tons of bonus content and also pays uh, some of my bills um patreon.com slash andy scrolls thank you to everybody who signed up and supported thank you to um everyone who sent me good wishes and thanks and um i look forward to many more ags in the future and the way to make sure that happens is to sign up for that wonderful <laughs> account and you get tons of bonus app so what the fuck are you waiting for um this was a total pleasure thank you so much and i'm gonna have you back i have to have you back this season yeah that would be amazing all right bye guys everybody stay safe well wash your hands and we'll see you again soon bye bye <laughs>